It's Dr. Stu's Podcast at drstuespodcast.com. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us here on Dr. Stu's Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Give the doctor five five stars. Write him a nice review. Subscribe on iTunes. You get an email alert every time there's a brand new episode of Dr. Stu's Podcast. And here is the aforementioned Dr. Stu. Hello, Brian. How are you, sir? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm actually quite good. I am good. I have a little bit of a dilemma today, though. Oh. I have to ask you and uh, Randy a good question. Anything here. I can help you with. And I want to talk to my listeners, and I'm looking for emails at askdrstu at gmail.com. Yes. With some suggestions on this issue, okay? I have a 17-year-old daughter. You all, you've, not, you've met her. I right? love Maddie. Yeah, she's great. All right. She called me today, and she wants to know if she can go to Coachella. <laughs> okay, oh, Randy, please. The laughing out loud. Now, is not, uh, yes, right. This is interesting because okay, all right. You know, I've never been there. I know it's pretty much of a wild scene. Yeah, right. Um, she's seventeen. Okay, and she doesn't drink, and she's a good kid. Okay. But that doesn't mean that somebody couldn't slip or something or whatever. That I've already been given this warning by other people. My sure. hair, my hairstylist today told me, oh, there's no way you should send her, and blah blah blah. Oh. But, you know, I want her to live her life and enjoy. And she was talking about going with her 21-year-old brothers. So well, there's that, a safety. that's a safety net. Yeah, as long as the 21-year-old brothers don't, don't get totally <laughs> stewed. Now, we should say about the 21-year-old brothers now, and there might be a double standard. When the boys turned 21, you took them to a pub at the stroke of midnight so they could have their first legal drink. That's correct. And we can we... We, everyone there bought them rounds. So I think they must have had seven or eight uh, Boilermakers. Oh, that's great. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a far cry from Coachella. Yeah, well, of course it is. And I think I would do the same for my daughter if she wants to go out with her dad on her birthday. I would think she's probably not going to be hanging with me on her 21st birthday. Well, if she wants to do that, I like that. The pub idea is great. Uh, as someone who's been to Coachella... How many this, times, this by is, the way? How many times have you been there? I've been once. Okay. Okay, well, this is good because I don't know anyone that... I could ask that's been to Coachella. I went to Coachella. You're not a father. I understand that, although you wouldn't let your cat go to Coachella, I'm sure. It's very true. So I went in 2012. It was an amazing time. I had an incredible experience. But I'm going to tell you this. As a father, every person there is on drugs. And there is not a sober person to see in sight. So unless you are just going to sign up your daughter to go do ecstasy, I'd say no to Coachella. Well, no, but what if it's, I mean, you know, and really. Well, that's, that's. That's first-hand knowledge. Literally, what's going on down there? Now, and is it possible? Is it possible that some people at Coachella maybe are dabbling in marijuana and are not on ecstasy? Some, but most people are on uh, big mind-altering substances. That's why people go to Coachella. That's why you pay four hundred dollars for a ticket. It's not That's the music. Why you drive all the way out to Indio. It's not the music. The music's there, all but right. really, it's well, about yeah. They looked at the music list and they thought it was going to be a great list. And my aunt, my son's favorite band is there. I don't know which one it is, right? Because I wouldn't know it anyway. But uh, and it's a big thing, and if you're into music, it's great. But it is such a drug fest okay, that that's so all that's going at on. At what age would you say it's okay for young women to go? Twenty-one when they're twenty-one. Yeah, when seventeen w- is way too young. When will Maddie be eighteen? Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'm not hopefully asking a to- long time from now. Right no, in twenty years? No, not till November. Oh, oh, oh! So she's just seventeen. She's a baby, yeah. right? The thing is, with that whole world, it's just you, you seventeen. Go to, yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, there's Wait a, a, is there something about that song? She's only know? seventeen by Winger. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, but isn't that interesting? Because I've always had this perception of you, Dr. Stu, as a guy who would probably be a pretty for lack of a t- better term, liberated father. I, I, I think about... <laughs> I'm laughing on behalf of my daughter. Okay. So See, I think of you, and, and of course we all, you know, I can only, I, I only have one dad. I can only compare uh, 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 what uh, type of dad you might be to the type of dad I had. I love my dad, had a great relationship with my dad. Would your dad let you go to Coachella? My dad wouldn't know. I'd just go. <laughs> now, but, but here's the thing. To me, you strike me as the kind of dad, and this is a compliment, that your daughter could come to you to talk about pretty much anything, and I think that's a wonderful sort of evaluation of you as not just a dad but a human being. I'd like to think that my daughter and I have that relationship. And- but do you? Yeah, well, I, how would I know? I mean, I only know she does come and talk to me about stuff, but I'm sure she doesn't come and talk to me about all that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, how do you know what you don't know? With whom does she that's want? Who that's does she want? Tautology, wanna, I think. Right. Who does she want to go to Coachella with? Well, she wants to go with her brother. Oh, and no other friends. I don't think any of her other friends' parents are going to let them go. Yeah, they're, they're, there's something that'll tell you. Right, I understand that. Now, what's her brother saying? Is he advocating I for? I don't it? know. I just this was a uh, this was hit on the freeway. Because oh. Moses wasn't parting the freeway so I could get to the podcast today. Right. Um, I was stuck on the freeway, so I was making some calls, and my daughter called me and said, you know, Dad, the tickets are going on sale for Coachella, and they're going on tomorrow morning, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, Maddie, you're hitting me uh, pretty short notice. You're here. blindsiding I, me with yeah, this. Yeah, blindsided mm-hmm. would, be the, would be a word. Okay, yes. if you had to decide, this is what I always but like. I also said, by the way, uh, what does your mother think about it? Oh, I haven't asked her yet. Oh, oh yeah. see, now so, that's telling You can tell she asked you first. There's something shady going you on. Know, oh, yeah. I always think, and, you know, far be it to take life experience from me, but I always think that when you have a tough decision, it's always good to ask yourself, if you had to decide right now, what would you say? Well, my first impression would be no. Okay. That's right. the right answer. Right. She will come back a completely different person if you took her there when she was Oh, eight, really? 17. Really? No. Yeah. No. It, it changes what's, you. What's the oldest person that's at Coachella? 30. 30. Oh, yeah. There the, 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 the are the youngest persons. There's one-year-olds. There's little Coachella Well, babies. yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I, I would let her go if she was one, if yeah. she was going with me. <laughs> yeah. But, right. The in, in, the baby, in the baby Bjorn, that'd be fine. Yeah. That would be fine. Right. Okay. Well, I just wanted to know, and I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's she's not going to be happy with she's not going to be happy with my response. But oh, wait think, a minute! So a decision was just made. Yeah, I mean, Randy's been there. Here's what I'll tell you: and Randy, you know, Randy's not, looking out for my best interests here. That's true. I'm not saying that she would have the intent to do anything down there, no, but in that environment, I don't think she would with have, all those people and everything that goes down there, it's so tempting. It's going to happen, and it just takes one time to get sucked into that lifestyle. It took me in for six months. It's crazy. Six yeah. months of. Of going to parties and raving and doing ecstasy all oh, the time. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's you don't want that time. And then you do. fall into this circle where it's no, just all no, you do. No, no. So I would never no. endorse that. Now, if when I she, had a kid, when you were on the phone uh, coming here to the well, podcast, hopefully her mother, hopefully, hopefully her mother will be more, you know, more abrupt about it than, rather than saying I'll look into it. Now, when you her were just saying no, <laughs> right, you were on the freeway coming over here, yes. and when your daughter called you and said, "Tomorrow, Coachella ticket sales, can I go?" Uh, your initial reaction, you didn't give an answer. Is that what I'm... No, I said, listen, I can't give you an answer. I need to. Uh, I need to, to talk, you to talk to Andy and Alex, right. see if they're going to go. 
What's their story? Are they going to be responsible for you while they're there? Are they going to be off doing their thing? How much are the tickets? Oh, you don't. How know, are you going to get there? Are you aware what the tickets? cost? I think they're like three hundred and something. They're bucks. about four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's heard. a three day thing, but still, it's four hundred dollar expense, and that doesn't count the camping passes and the parking passes. How long are you there for when you go? Three days. Oh wow! It's a it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thing. It's a big. Some thing. people stay in hotels down there, but I think they probably book up pretty. Quick. Okay, let me ask a. Let me ask a. So that's a, it's an easy one, and and if it's, if it's, <laughs> if I'm too old to go. Right. And take her with me, then you would look real awkward going to Coachella. Well, I could. Although well, Motorhead's playing this year, you could go down for I, that. I could. Right. I could put on disguise. I could take the Harley out and go down there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is there an off chance that the Beach Boys are performing at Coachella and Dr. Stu would be would fit right in or something? No, but they no. they do have Motorhead, so that's something. No, no, for the Gordon, old no Gordon Lightfoot. No, no, yeah. no. Right, right. The wreck, of the, Edmund, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The, the acoustic version. Your favorite song, by the way, Randy. Oh, yeah. The thing with uh, Coachella <laughs> is also most of the bands are huge in the sense that nobody knows who they are. Yes. Like the headliners may be somebody that's big, but most of the bands are indie. They're from Europe. It's uh, There's a ton of EDM stuff. It's nothing that you'd be like, oh, that, so no one goes because, no, my sons, oh, I got to see this guy perform. My sons know these bands, and they would like it. They probably would love it. And I don't, you know, if they want to go, they can go. Uh, I can't, okay, but, I can't, but oh, yeah, 21, the advice to your sons, it. go for it because uh, the girls go crazy. So it's fun. But <laughs> it, uh, would it be, I mean. W- now, see, there's an old double standard there. I just want you to. This is what I'm pointing yeah. out. Well, it's I, always going to be different between your sons and your daughter. Always. Always. I understand that. But if you could sit your sons down and say, boys, I, I'm letting Maddie go to Coachella. She's your responsibility. If they said to you, you know what? We'll make sure she stays out of trouble. Would that be a game changer for you? It would be something to actually make me scratch my head and think about it because my mm. boys are very responsible. They are, but it's very easy to get lost. That's my whole there point. There are thousands and thousands of people at this thing. Right. It, right. it, it, you know, and no, it, just going to the bathroom. I mean, yeah. they gonna, what are they going to walk her to the bathroom? And that's where everyone does it, too. Well, thanks. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It looks like this was an easy one, as it turns out. Maddie, by the way, sorry. I, she doesn't listen to your podcast, does she? No, no I can't get her to listen to my podcast. You can just say, you know <laughs> I, can't, I can't get her to ride her horse. So I can't get her to listen to the podcast. Still, you can okay. do this. If you feel too awkward having this conversation, just in the car, play this episode. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll tell her to listen to podcast number 36. Yeah, that's right. There you go. And Maddie, Brian here is sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but my dear, not this year. Because we all love you. Right. She she can revisit this in a couple years when she's 21, 22. She'll have more of a head on her shoulders. She can do it. And I can't stop her from doing it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just when she's still 17, that's a terrible idea. Okay. Wow. Oh, Randy, wow. Thank you for a very direct answer. Now, if you would have asked me. I wonder me where she got the idea from. The funny thing is, if you would have asked me this question a year ago, I said, oh, my God, you should totally take her. It's going to be the most amazing time. She can have so much fun. It's a life-changing experience. <laughs> but you yourself have grown up in a year. Well, yeah. Right. Why would you have said that a year ago? Because you... I was doing a lot of ecstasy. Oh. See what I mean? Yeah. Oh. See, it's bad. Yeah, well, I'm not going to let you hang out with my daughter. Now, now no. let me ask you, yeah, do you have any indicator of, of, of where she might have gotten this harebrained crazy idea that she should go to Coachella? Is there a uh, friend? I, Is there uh, a friend that's kind of planting these seeds? Probably. Yeah, right. I don't know. Any mention of the friend that she might want to go with? Could have been her brothers that planted the seed, for all I know. Oh, really? When you're in this age group, 17, 20-year-olds, all they do is say, are you going to Coachella? Oh, my God, are you going to Coachella this year? Coachella. See, there, yeah. see Randy's got his finger on the pulse here. Yeah, he does. He does. And that's, and that's why it's always wonderful to have him here, because every 
everything you and I don't know about, he pretty much well, does. Well, I'm certainly happy that Obamacare gave Randy a pulse because we almost lost him a few months ago. <laughs> we did, and you're, there's a very that was a very emotional and dramatic episode of Doctor Stu's podcast. I had to call nine one one, and the medics came in here, and it really was it was it was unsettling, wasn't it? Yeah, remember you know, they dropped him we, on the way out. They were taking him right, out, and they we, dropped him. You know what? We haven't we haven't even revisited that and seen what it's like to get back on the uh, website. So maybe one of our upcoming podcast we'll try to uh, re-register for you know it's one of the funny things i just read is that now people are signing up but the website's not giving the information to the insurance company yeah i heard that <laughs> that's a problem isn't it <laughs> yeah, so the government says you're signed up the insurance company says no you're not right right yeah well it's all look at it so it's going to implode and it's going to implode halfway through this next year when when the insurance company starts sending people uh, notices for the employer mandate. Yeah, I think the biggest problem for Obamacare is the website started working, and now, <laughs> you know, that, and now people know what's going on. Well, I can't blame it on that anymore. Yeah, right? that's a problem. I, you know, so here, uh, 20 well, look at, I, I t- told you guys a story earlier today, and I, I won't mention any names, but yeah. I, got a, I have a client who's pregnant, who's married, and uh, she went on to, what's it called, California? Uh, Cover California. Cover California. Cover California? Covered. Co- covered. I don't feel so covered. Covered California. And, you know, she's pregnant. She's already pregnant, so it's pre-existing, except it's not pre-existing anymore. Yeah, right. She got new insurance. And I told you, I mean, you guys already know the answer, but I'm going to act like you don't. And so what do you think her premium is for next year? She's oh, pay- Okay, I'll give you a frame of reference. <laughs> I have a friend, and I mentioned this. I right. have a friend whose wife is pregnant. They went to, and, and again, covered California, a pre-existing condition. Pregnancy is one of them. It can't be factored in. And he said he was quoted something like 700 bucks for the two of them a month. I thought affordable health care. But, but shockingly, shockingly, she told me that it's going to cost her $1.30 a month. Wait, one dollar and thirty cents? I said you can't said get that, a bagel I for a dollar thirty. That's not worth the stamp that it's being. You're mailing it in. She says. She said that's what it's going to cost me because that's what she gets for. Apparently, she gets a discount for being pregnant. Wow. And she apparently qualifies for some sort of subsidy, which means that you know I'm going to have to take it out of your paychecks, guys. Oh, oh no! I'm oh not down no! A dollar, right. th- really? I mean, really and truly, why not just give it to her? A dollar thirty. It's because a joke. Because it's all calculated by the uh, web, the website. I right. like the subsidies where you're just poor enough to get the subsidy. Where I'm just poor enough where I have to pay two hundred dollars a month, and I don't consider myself wealthy. Yeah, but some yeah. people, some people are just poor enough to get I'm it. I'm not free, sure right? how that works. I, you know what? I don't know. But I, I, I it's just weird. It's just weird to me that last year they were paying a premium. And now they're not. And I guess this is what's supposed to happen. But the bottom line is, is that somebody's paying for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. I'm just going to not pay for it. I'm just going to drop my coverage. And if I break my leg, I'll go get it that day. And you're going to pay the the fine, then the 95 buck fine. I get around that. I heard that. Is that what it is? Ninety five dollars. First year. It's ninety. Yeah, I've heard this from a few different places. Now, Uh, if you are busted out or you make it look like you're busted out by not paying your electric bill for three months. Show covered California your shutoff notice. You don't actually have to get shut off. Just have that red bill. You know, the blue one is the good one. The red one's the one you got to pay. And the font is more intimidating on that bill. Oh, yeah. But you show them that, no fine. So see, I'm in scot-free. So you can learn so much on Dr. Stu's podcast because now you can learn how to avoid paying your fines yeah. for not paying your insurance. I pull all kinds care. of illegal information. By the way, we've learned three things so far already. Number one, save your electric bill shutoff notices. Yeah. Number two, don't let your 17-year-old go to Coachella. Correct. And number three, 
I forgot. I'm like Rick Perry in that presidential debate. The third thing I can't remember now. We remember. <laughs> Don't let your 17-year-old hang out with Randy Wang. Yeah, and also, well, by the way, have a real frank conversation with the sons and the boys if you're going to let your daughter go to Coachella. Maybe that's the third. Right. Don't let your right. Don't let mama. Don't let your babies grow up to hang out with Randy Wang was was the third thing. Now, by the way, in 2014 and here we are, we've done a couple of podcasts already in the brand new year. But uh, we see here with the new year, we see the results coming in for the year before last. So I saw a piece of information, Dr. Stu, about births, about babies born in America and the fresh information we have is for 2012 which of course now is two years ago but uh and i would not have guessed this i would have uh, let me ask randy wang do you think the number of babies born annually in the in the with the latest information is going up or going down way down see he's right isn't he well it's not way down it's overall down only 700 births Apparently, but how many babies we have a year in America? Well, the, in that year, there were, if you want to know exactly, three point nine million. There were, th- blah, 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 where's the number? It's uh, I can't find the number. I thought it was close to oh, four million. Three million nine hundred fifty-two thousand eight hundred forty-one. Oh. Now, oh, okay, I have to ask a couple questions. First of all. Why does it take the CDC a year to give, come out with statistics from 2012? Well, they're, I mean, they're, I have to do my I have to do my accounting and taxes <laughs> in, 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 by April 15th. Yeah, right. Well, well, they're okay. government workers. You know, okay. they, they take long lunches. Second of all, does anyone believe they actually counted all the babies? How I mean, could they? That's it, probably it's probably by birth certificate. So. It doesn't necessarily mean that all there, there may have been there may have been more, but but that's yeah. There's a few Donald Trump has to find for us. <laughs> we, we might add uh, to that number. Does it surprise you, Doctor Stu, that the number of of child births or or births uh, in America is going down? No, it's going down in almost every Westernized country. Why mm-hmm. is that? I wonder. Oh, uh, it has to do with a lot of things. Careers that, and moms are having society's careers. changing. Feminism, careers, economics. Uh, you know. Shoot me if, if for saying this, but uh, a, a diminution of religion in the United, in in Western I think that's countries. A fair point. I have a friend I mean, who, who has baby. Who are the families that still have lots of babies? Catholics, Mormons, Catholics, Orthodox Jews. Okay, right. But some of those groups have too many kids. I mean, seven or well, eight. Well, you kids. know what? We need them. If if if, if they're making up people, the difference here, right? Yeah, but you know that's interesting. Who's going to pay your social security uh, check when when you're old? You know what? You're right. You need all, you need these young babies. Do it like rabbits, folks. Have <laughs> have doesn't. You know, I have a friend who really legitimately, and I mean, if you sit him down and talk to him, he's legitimately concerned that we're not reproducing the species and we're going to be extinct because we're not having enough babies to replace the people who are dying on the planet. That's well, that's not possible. I like the idiocracy theory a little better. Only the stupid people are having babies, and the smart people don't procreate. Well, that's part part of it. Upper upper class, uh, it, the birth rates are down in the upper class. Okay, so the really educated, uh, highly productive professionals are not having babies. Yeah, they're delaying childbirth, or they're or they're limiting themselves to maybe one kid, or maybe two. And you know, according to the numbers, you need two point one to to maintain your population. Mm-hmm. Two point one births. Uh, per whatever. So smart genes uh, aren't really being passed down. Per couple, right. Okay, per couple. uh, Really? So technically, if we get the book out and the paperwork, every couple should have two kids? 2.1. That doesn't happen anymore, does it? What's a 0.1 kid like? (laughs) Have you... Well, we might be sitting with one of them. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, We won't say who here in the group of three, but I think we can all kind of sort of determine on our own who the 0.1 is in the group. Yeah, it's it just it, it is an interesting <laughs> phenomenon, and it's and it's going on. I mean, what the problems in Western Europe are more accentuated than the United States. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of countries they're, they're out there solving that are- their problems with immigration. 
The problem with immigration in Western Europe is they're bringing in people who share a different, completely different culture, I see. who are not assimilating, and they're having all kinds of problems in Western Europe. Did you see in uh, in Asia? I think it's Japan. They're they're having a campaign for people to have sex because the birth rate is so low. It's so low. Japan is one of the lowest countries, um, and yes, they are. You know, they'll have to do give tax incentives and stuff like that. I mean, in China, they had... If I the, get a tax incentive for every time I had sex? China, they were trying to... Whenever the government steps in, <laughs> things get screwed up. Don't You'd you guys, be broke as well. Don't you guys... How dare you? Know, you guys must understand that when the government steps in, things get screwed up. I mean, China had its one-child policy. And the, and because it, and right, because right. males were more valued than females, females were often aborted, and now they have something like 40 or 50 million more males than and females. There's a wild gay scene down in China now. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, because that's all. They're only, there's only dudes. Gacy or, or sheep. Does China have sheep? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they do. I'm sure there are sheep everywhere. There's probably a sheep uh, 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 expo- explosion in uh, China. Well, you mentioned a moment ago when the government gets involved, and uh, we have a report here that we found online, and Dr. Stu, of course, was poring over this data before the <laughs> podcast. The headline is Legislative Interference with the Patient physician relationship now this goes beyond obamacare and the affordable care act and i'd say a dollar 34 a month is pretty affordable to you know to uh, your friend there but uh, you have of course been talking for a long time not just here on the podcast but in the years i've known you about legislative governmental interference with the patient physician relationship yeah well you know before we one last thing i want to say about the statistics sure is that the incidence of home birthing rose from about 0.86 percent in i think 2010 so now it's one point one point four percent. Oh, so it's on the rise. It's on the rise, and I'm assuming not all those are planned home births, but I'm assuming the amount, the number of unplanned home births is probably a pretty stable number. Mm. So I would suspect that there has been a sixty to seventy percent increase in home birthing planned, which. You know, I want to go, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, well, I think do that, it That's then. great. Yeah, I think you should go do it again. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I think that works out perfectly. I think it's, it's going to be great. a new drop. Okay, as far as the legislature and, and government getting into the uh, into the bedroom and the business of health care. Yeah, right. I, you know, I've been against it from, I've re- I wrote 10, 15 years ago, I wrote an essay called uh, uh, Government, Something to Do with Healthcare, and mm-hmm. it, the government has no business in the business of healthcare. Mm. And, you know, if they want to monkey with health insurance, that's fine. But when they start legislating, you know what you have to tell people, how you can counsel people, what you can't tell people. Uh, you know they're in that one size fits all modality, which I've told you before, doesn't work. You know it doesn't respect patient autonomy, doesn't respect the uh, the individuality of couples or, or indiv- you know, and specifically in obstetrics. Yeah. Uh, telling them, like for instance, they talk about there are states where they talk about if you want to have an abortion, you have to view an ultrasound of your fetus first. Mm. Where do they come off doing stuff like that? Yes, intimidating. I mean, I'm not a big fan of abortion, but you certainly... To, to force someone to do something like that is, is, is sort of a violation of their rights. Sure. It is. Maybe they just want them to grasp the reality of the situation. Yeah, but is that the government's business? You're right. It's not. Yeah, and then the, and then it's like local governments and some state governments are saying, you can't smoke in your apartment anymore, okay? Because... The smoke may drift through the thing and come yeah. down into the next room. Don't tell this guy that. No, <laughs> but what I find amazing oh, about... Oh, cigarettes, I'm sorry. Yeah. What I find amazing about that is not that they're they're lumping e-cigarettes into the cigarettes, because e-cigarettes is just water vapor, but they're banning smoking in apartment complexes, but you can smoke all the pot you want. 
Right. I mean, it's... So how yeah. does that work? Right. You it know, works in my works. favor. I know. Secondhand pot must be something that's desirable, whereas secondhand smoke isn't. Well, I've said before, secondhand pot is, is not going to give your neighbor lung cancer, but it might make them fat from all the Doritos. Yeah. And, well, you know what? If you're worried about... Well, first of all, you're not going to get lung cancer from secondhand smoke either. I've Wa- heard people wafting. say that. I still have a tough time believing that one. I still have. Where a t- are all the people with lung cancer from secondhand smoke? Well, but there are people with lung cancer who have never smoked a cigarette in their life. How'd that happen? Because there was lung cancer before cigarettes were ever invented, for, for God's sake. Really? Sure. Of course. But, I mean, really, what are the chances you're going to get lung What are the chances your liver is going to stop working if you never had a glass Ryan, of a People booze? are living longer than they ever have before. How is that possible? With all these new diseases and all that stuff. Is it the government that's protecting us? No, I think it's a medical advancements, isn't it? That's a, we're it's, saving it's we're healthy, saving people's it's lives. It's healthy food, it's it's healthier lifestyle. Even but you know, even people who live an unhealthy lifestyle are living longer than oh, before because of medical advancements. Did you hear about the guy? He's hundred and seven in Texas and he drinks whiskey every day, smokes a cigar every day, and he's living life to the fullest. I hope he goes to the casino too, because oh, that's the trifecta. Well, I want to make sure we don't compare uh, cigarette smoke to cigar smoke or or pipe tobacco because they are different. I mean you don't you don't inhale those into your lungs you know we have emails to get to here ask Dr. that's Stewart. why cigars are so hard to smoke for me right you got to inhale them it's a tough time <laughs> we'll get to these emails in a moment but i have to ask you and did, uh, we, we, fin- did we finish that topic that legislative topic i, I think, guess i think you hit right, on right, it. Right, I, uh, I know i just government should just keep its nose out of out of the uh, individuality of yeah healthcare. and i think from previous podcasts folks have gleaned that that's your perspective but i need to ask you and i want to say before you think we, yeah i think people sure? i think people get to that this right, is i want to be sure they i want to be sure they've gotten yeah i think that, they get that if they know yes. anything about dr stew he doesn't like the government meddling with health care now uh, we have a very sensitive topic to get to and i want to say yeah we do and i didn't Ooh, I'm, I'm, i don't know about i'm this just bring, well, you do know about it but um uh, uh, i want to say we we do these podcasts in advance so if there's been a development in this story forgive us but we record them a bit in advance i want to ask you about the very sensitive story in the news about jahi mcmath this young girl in oakland who is 13 years old she went in for a tonsillectomy to have her tonsils yeah. removed and of course something terrible went tragic, wrong tragic. With, with the anesthesia i don't i'm not a doctor you are and we don't even and i'm sure and you're, all i know is you know i listen to your show in the morning and i get i get your take on it so. yeah so here's this young girl uh the uh, the children's hospital in oakland deems i guess three doctors one of them ordered by the court determines that she's brain dead and dr Stu, uh for starters that term brain dead means for i'm a, what does that mean does what does the term brain dead mean okay again i'm not an expert in this field but from my memory and from my reading Brain dead means that there's no brain activity on an EEG. Okay. And she's on a ventilator, which means a machine is breathing for her. Correct. Okay. She's in the children's hospital. Very sensitive situation. Uh, three doctors deem that she's dead. The family says her heart's beating, and we want to transfer her. Now, they have. Again, this is uh, pre-recorded. They've moved her to another facility. The hospital said that, in their view, they have deemed that she's dead, she's not living. So, in order to transport her, they had to perform a tracheotomy. They didn't want to do that because they believed it was unethical to perform a surgical procedure on a body that they had deemed was not living, in fact, was dead. This is obviously very sensitive because you're dealing with a family that's hoping for a miracle. Uh, they want a power greater than any doctor to intervene and save their daughter's life. We completely understand that. This is one of these issues of medical ethics where it must get, I mean, uh, 
uncomfortable is is the understatement of the millennium. But you have a family that's saying we don't want to take the ventilator, unplug the ventilator. You have a hospital administration saying to the family, we're not going to do anything more for your little girl because as sad as it is, we deem her dead. Gosh, it's well, what what would you what would if you were Administrator Brian at the hospital, where would you go with this? Okay, I can tell you my personal experience because you know more about this story than I do. Okay, right? well, I, I guess I, I, I'm sort of turning to you for no. So- it's a t- it's a it's a, it's an unbelievably sad story. But t- technically speaking, if they were turn off the ventilator, she would stop breathing, and then within a period of time, shortly, the heart would st- then stop beating. But right. But right. as long as she, they're ventilating her, the heart will probably continue to bleed. You know, and I, I mean, can, to, to beat. To beat, me. I understand. And I can understand. I mean, with my mom and dad, I mean, I knew I knew my my parents had said their whole life, no extraordinary measures. If we're laying there, you know, let us go. I knew that about my mom and dad. And there came to a point uh, uh, at, the, at the very end, within days of my parents' lives, where the doctor came to me, first my, my dad and me, about my mom and said, there's nothing we can do. Her heart stopped. We brought her back. Her heart's going to stop again. Do you want? us to bring her back again because it's just going to keep happening yeah, and as a family we had to say no we don't want you Correct. to do that and that and we cried and it was so hard to do but it, it's so hard to let go but it uh, i don't want well, to judge it, i don't want to so, judge yeah i mean we should just leave it at this this is a child it's much harder when it's a child than when it's a 70 or 80 year old person i can imagine and and the parents may need more time to accept the fact that this isn't going to change I, they, you know, it's nice to believe in miracles, but in the experience of modern medicine, in a case specifically like this one, where there is no brain activity, there's really no chance for a miracle here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, as far as, you know, uh, uh, that's humanly possible. Conceivable at this point. It's not conceivable. It's not even, it's in, it's, there's not even an infinitesimal chance that something could change because I'm sure they've tested this thing, this her brain over and over and over again to be sure that they're they're correct before they come out with that sort of statement so you know ultimately it's it's if if there's people willing i mean i perfectly understand both sides of the story right and and if they're willing they can find a place that's willing to care for her and somebody can pay for it and afford to take care of her then that's then that's their prerogative yeah but if they're hoping for a miracle then they shouldn't do that but they may take a year and maybe a year from now they'll feel better about the decision to stop the breathing. But maybe what? Be- but, but but what about? And, and we're having a, a, a an ethical conversation that I quite frankly am not even qualified to have. I'm just a layperson. But 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 what respect is there for that patient? For that person who is, forgive me, vegetating in that hospital bed? You're going to wait a year. At some point, is the family being? Forgive me again, really. At some point, is the family being selfish? I remember with my parents, and you're right. Uh, a, a kid buries their parents. That's the way nature yes. intended it. Parents don't bury their children. Yeah, no, no parents should ever have to bury. Absolutely, their and God bless those who have had to. And, and 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 we've all looked in the eyes of a parent who's had to do that. And 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 there's no describing that grief. At some point, we the living sort of. Uh, I don't want to say selfish, but I did. It's almost selfish to want someone to remain alive because it makes you feel better. I mean, and, and that might be unfair. I, I couldn't get into the mind of them whatsoever. Right. I just think that, the, you know, they haven't gone through the proper, appropriate stages of grieving at this point. Yeah, right. It's all too fresh. And, too, and to suddenly say, now we're, gonna, we're going to purposely terminate her heartbeat, 
even though there's nothing else that's there, yeah. is maybe just too much for them at this point. A I hospital, have... though, and, and, and this is a bit more of a, this is a little bit, a hospital is within its rights to say we're not going to perform XYZ procedure, right? I think hospitals have their policies and procedures as far as ethics committees and stuff like that to come to those conclusions, yes. Okay. They have to. They, they have to be able to stand up for what they believe in as well. I mean, that's the whole dilemma here. Yeah. Okay, emails. again, And thanks for commenting. I just want to bring, it's a big story in the news. And again, this is pre-recorded. If something has happened here, uh, forgive us. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this when we're doing it. And it's a... It's oh, a, that's a good point. It's, yeah, it's, something you know could I mean? have changed by it's, that. Something could change. And like, the, like the Kings could go on a winning streak or something. Uh, which you're like hoping that. for. That ain't going to happen, I know, is it's it? been a tough. it's been a tough week and a half. Yeah, here. I mean, you're having a tough time, aren't you? Yeah, I'm hoping by the time that this airs that the Kings will have won three or four in a row. Yeah, that, that's and, they, a, and they will kick the Ducks to Kingdom Come in the uh, stadium series. I know you're hoping for at that. The end of the month. We welcome your emails. Ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. That's our email address. And look at this email. I'm excited about this email. Yeah, now a couple of podcasts ago, the podcast you can see there on the website, Dr. Stu's podcast, it's called Assume the Physician. Now, Assume the Physician is the name of a book, and the author is Jonathan Hunt. He's a doctor, John Hunt, MD. Well, is look, it Jonathan or just John? Mm, I believe it's John. Yeah, let's, me. Be, let's be correct. Okay, right. Right. John, John L. Hunt, I think. The, okay, let's be accurate. F. Hunt. An oh, e- John F. Hunt. Sorry. Oh, all right. All right, so we both screwed up. And he's in Charlottesville, <laughs> Virginia. That Sorry, I know. Mr. Hunt. Uh, doctor, we apologize, but an email has poured in from Dr. <laughs> See, I just did it again. Yeah. I called him Mr. Hunt. Oh, right. my God. Right. Well, Sorry, an, Dr. Hunt. An oh. email is here from Dr. Hunt, who apparently listens to Dr. Stu's podcast. And uh, I think that's the greatest thing, that, that a guy that I think I, I, I honor and respect and uh, admire so much actually sent it, bothered to take the time to send us an email. Yeah, I think that's and, great. and not knowing him, you talked about his book on a podcast a while back, and here's the email. Hi, Dr. Stu. I just heard your incredibly generous comments about my book on your podcast. I will need to listen to more of your podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. You better, Mr. Dr. <laughs> and then he writes, I love this part, he writes, you have a nice, easygoing presence in the audio, and you work great with the host. Yes, I, oh, I saw that. Oh, my, and, I have the best co-host <laughs> and best producer that I could ever ask for. I am so lucky to have Brian and Randy. And then you get We're the, also the only producer and co-host you've ever had, so maybe that's why. Uh, that's and, fair. And that's all you're getting for Christmas. Uh, that's right. And then you get, you get the ultimate compliment from Dr. John Hunt. I do. This pod, your podcast, he writes, is like listening to Car Talk on NPR. Wow. How about that? Okay, he I mean, says... That's a compliment? I, it is. Oh, Car Talk is great. It's a great show. Yeah. The doctor writes, I'm trying to focus more on getting attention for the book. And again, his book is called Assume the Physician. He says, it's a hard battle for attention in our world of information. It'll be advertised on Student Doctor Network starting in a week or so. He says, publishing is trench warfare out there. You know, you have yep, a... I'm, I'm self-published. Yeah, Fearless right. Pregnancy is Dr. Stu's book. The second edition, of course, was self-published. The first edition, we actually had a publisher and that was a nightmare to begin with now he wants you to craft a brief couple of sentence review for amazon he wants you to go on there and write some nice blurbs oh i'll be happy to do that you'll be happy to do that and then he writes and i love this now how can i be of use to you dr Stu? well well i i have a few things in (laughs) mind but first of all i wanted to say to uh john that i gave five of his books out for christmas presents how nice 
So I, I bought five of them on Amazon. And again, the book is called Assume the Physician. And I will probably be giving more out now because uh, I just, I love the book. And I think every time I speak, I, I spoke uh, to some medical students at UC Irvine, second year medical students uh, about a month ago, and I left a copy of their book for their student library. So they've got that at UC Irvine. Uh, how could you be of assistance to me? I don't, we haven't done any remote um Dr. Stu podcast yet where we've had somebody not in studio. But here. he can spread the word about Dr. Stu's podcast. He can podcast. spread the word, but I would, we might consider that down the road or... We're going to fly out to Virginia? Charlottesville. No, no, but you know, if you want to escape the polar vortex and, uh, <laughs> and come on out to Southern California where it was 75 degrees today, uh, you can certainly do that and we would honor, be honored to have you on our now, podcast. Now, you know, it's interesting and, and for those who might have missed the previous podcast where you talked about Assume the Physician, in a couple of brief words, Dr. Hunt's book, what, uh, give us a, a quick synopsis of his book for those who didn't hear that podcast. Well, he takes, he takes a, a look at what goes on in the, uh, how hospitals are run and he compares it sort of to the famous George Orwell book, Animal Farm, right. which is where you have uh, all animals are equal, but, but uh, some animals are more equal than others. Yeah, right. And he, he, he mocks the ridiculousness of uh, certain organizations like the Joint Commission and how you know the hospital administrators will bend over and pull their pants down for the Joint Commission and how uh, he looks at how residency training has gotten soft and he has some very clever ideas and he... He, he puts it all together in great storytelling. So he takes the kind of points that I told you that I would love to have written down. Like if I were going to write a book, I would write this book, mm -hmm. except I could never write it as well as Dr. Hunt did. He did a great job. Yeah. So it is the modern day. There was a book when I was young and, and maybe Dr. Hunt was too. It was called House of God. Mm. This book, you know, I'm not belittling House of God. It was a great book in its time. But this book is so apropos because it looks at the ridiculousness of some of the Affordable Care Act stuff and all that, and how it all affects how healthcare goes. The, the whole, the ripple effect of these one stupid uh, proclamation leading down to all kinds of stupid uh, events that happen afterwards. And um, I, I can't tell you that it there isn't a book out there that describes what is going on with healthcare as well as this book and he does it in such a way that you can't put it down and again the book thank you dr john hunt for the email it's called assume the physician one thing i'm noticing dr Stu, with your podcast you are developing here a, 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 a network of sort of like-minded folks we talked last time about dr boots taylor in atlanta who of course endorses midwifery and is an advocate for home birthing and now we've got dr john hunt of assume the physician who heard you talk about him on his podcast so really quite a community is developing yeah, and I, here and i told you a brief story and i'll just tell it uh, tangentially but you know we did the uh, podcast about jim gaffigan and his humor regarding uh, his wife's home birth that was funny a stand-up comic jim gaffigan he had such a funny take on home birth and of course he's a home birthing dad himself yeah and a, and a friend of mine who who was auditioning for his new show which is coming out had heard the podcast a couple days before and at the audition uh his wife was at the audition and between he takes or something she was talking to the wife she told him she's a doula and she said that she'd heard about him on the podcast and they talked about their births and they hit it off really well and she got the part really yeah so again another uh another victory uh you know uh, eharmonymatch.com has nothing on me we're going to start a new service here wow you're getting people okay. jobs and, and everything jobs. wow this dr stoops job search <laughs> yes that's exact wow that is really incredible that's an incredible story and i love this person and we're going to have her on yeah in april she's back east right now doing some stuff 
But when she comes back out, we're going to have her a guest on the podcast. Yeah, and that's a previous podcast right here at drstewspodcast.com. You can scroll down and you will see that episode, not only where Dr. Stu talks more in depth about Assume the Physician, the book by Dr. John Hunt, but also where we feature the brilliant stand-up comedy of the great Jim Gaffigan, which is really, really fun. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, do it on iTunes. Give Dr. Stu five stars and write him a nice review. See you next time, Brian. Yeah, it's great to see and you. thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Hunt. Yeah, thanks for the email. If you have an email, askdrstu at gmail.com. That is the email address Dr. Stu answers, and I'm sure you will develop now a nice email relationship with Dr. John Hunt. AskDrStu at gmail.com. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us here on Dr. Stu's Podcast. Podcast.